Today, Ryan, you have to introduce the podcast. The podcast I'm doing. I'm introducing the podcast. Okay, good. I have to start over. Okay. Today on the podcast, we're going to go to the spooky part of The Legend of Zelda, Majora's Mask. And today, we have someone who came back. Who came back? Well, it was Sarah. Hi, Sarah. It's me. Hi. I'm back. Wow. Thanks for coming back, Sarah. Like a zombie. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> Not really. Um, because you were saying that, like, we were talking about the parts of this game that you like, and you kind of mentioned a bunch of different details in this quadrant of the map. Yeah, this is the most awesome quadrant, I would say. I think you might be right. It's pretty incredible. It's Ikana Canyon and the Ikana Zone in general. Yeah. And actually, before we get there... Uh, we talked about this a little earlier, how we get the Garo mask from the Gorman brothers. And we're going to need that to enter the Ikana zone. Uh, but I thought since we have Sarah here, maybe she can offer an insight into a question that vexed us earlier, mm. which was, why do the Gormans have those Garo masks? Mm. Oh, that's a good question. Maybe they do they like deal in strange artifacts that are vaguely evil i don't know do they they could i they could i don't think bad uh, milk is necessarily evil though <laughs> yeah maybe i'm yeah maybe they're not really the same thing but they are sketchy they seem more like yeah, yeah. sketchy guys petty criminals and to have this artifact of like ancient ninjas seems out of character and you know it's it's fun to have connections that are not obvious right i wouldn't want for this connection to be explained really explicitly mm. in the game i'm enjoying how it's inexplicable and yet it's inexplicable well it's part and parcel to like what a lot of the good zelda stuff that we like does where like everything there are people have connections between each other that aren't necessarily like obvious yeah mm. and so these like seedy ranchers somehow secretly being connected to an evil kingdom of ninjas uh mm. is like unexpected and allows you to make some fun connections yes Maybe they went on a quest like Link does and Ooh. found it in, in the middle of a cave somewhere or had to fight the a boss. The three Gorman brothers? Yeah, <laughs> as an adventuring party. Yeah. And one of them is a mage and the other one is a mage and the other one is a mage. Maybe. Okay. Well, that... Okay. Answered. Um, <laughs> so we're going to go into the... Ikana Canyon, we need the horse. We use the horse to jump over some fences. In the Nintendo 64 version, Shiro the Invisible Soldier is here. I think we said everything that we need to say about the soldier, and especially about how he was moved in the 3DS version. And how it's better. He's a cool he's guy. He is cool. Yeah. Uh, there's some enemies. We talked about the bubbles that curse you here already. Oh, yeah. They're out on Termina Field. 
Um, I think this is where we run into Nejirons for the first time. Yes. They are, um, like, fake Gorons. Kinda. Yeah. Ooh, I forgot about them. And they blow up. What other what other things blow up? Gor- uh, Dodongos blow up when you beat them. Well, and real bomb chews, which are and also real bomb which are also okay. here, I think. But uh, the yeah, the yeah. idea of Termina having this like fake Goron enemy is very cool. Um, I feel like these guys are underused. I wish they would show up in normal Hyrule. Great for uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Maybe. Well, no, Zach. What? Do you remember our plan for the anti-champions? Oh, you were using a Nejiron as a... I was using a evil Goron named Nejiron as the anti-Daruk. Um, surely you remember, Sarah, how... I, I can't even remember what the context was. <laughs> but, like, we decided that we needed new characters for some dlc we were writing or something and i said that there should be a evil version of each of the champions basically like a star wolf equivalent huh. yeah, yeah and be. uh i put this in a tweet that i put on the hero's path twitter and it got no reaction except from me retweeting it twice <laughs> i don't know i i hope they do more with I, I guess we don't know. It's still early days for knowing about the sequel to Breath of the Wild. So it would be cool if they did more with that. And I don't know. They could pull that in. Sure. Why not? A lanky, slouching, Goron pyromaniac. Yeah. <laughs> so I can see this guy and he's got like hair in his eyes and he's holding one of those bombs, kind of tossing it up and down in his hand. And then um, the opposite of the... Uh, Gerudo lady whose name I can't even remember because she's not in Majora's Mask like Burunu or something um, her evil version would be Gandrag, Ganondorf's nephew it was Urbosa Urbosa? Yeah. that's made up, I don't think that's a real name okay we gotta go see the person that's gonna let us into more of this region uh yes although we don't have to we can do the graveyard first and then oh, we can come back can to we? this guy yeah sarah can we do the graveyard first yeah totally okay let's go to the graveyard first okay so we go to the graveyard um it's a lot more rustic and um like wilderness looking than the ocarina of time graveyard which is pretty regimented and like well laid out this looks more like it's been fallen apart for hundreds of years and yet it does have a caretaker dompe is here hooray we do love dompe we all love dompe okay but i don't think we have to talk to if we're talking about the critical path in this version i think we can ignore him actually oh do you want to talk about him later then yeah, let's let's okay. get into the details later. Okay, like, okay. We have to point out that he's here because we love him. We do love him. I don't say this. Next to his house, there's a giant skeleton just sleeping, blocking a tunnel. 
like an archway. I wouldn't call it a tunnel. Whatever. Yeah. It's a huge skeleton. It's messed up how big it is. Mm. And you play the Sonata of Awakening to wake up the skeleton. Which is pretty cool. It harkens back to uh, Link's Awakening and the frog song being able to return life into the dead. But this guy, when he wakes up, he just starts a boss battle on you. And it's kind of a cool battle where he's running away from you. Yeah, the whole thing is bizarre. <laughs> it makes sense, like, when you see what they're trying to accomplish. But, like, it this this whole segment that we're about to talk about is weird because it's something that you can do relatively early in the game. Oh, yeah. Like... Once as soon you have, as you have the horse. No, yeah, as soon as you have the Sonata of Awakening, you can in the horse, you can get over here. And not knowing what else to do in this region because, you know, we can't get into any more of the region until we talk to the guy we haven't talked to yet. Like you can just like There's no clear connection to any like story or world. It's just you have traveled into a new country, basically. And there's a giant skeleton that, that wants you, to fight you. Yeah, that you can just wake up and do a boss fight you. with. And it's just like, yeah. I know playing the game, like, early on, when I, long before I ever finished the game, it's like, I got to this, it's like, what is going on? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of makes you want to turn around and leave. <laughs> but there's a firewall, right? Preventing you from leaving. Isn't yeah. there? Dang it. you're stuck you have to fight the (laughs) giant skeleton and um freshest in my memory is his kind of shambling pace in the 3ds version uh he is like not really running away from you but he's almost like just leading you on uh walking very slowly so that you can catch up with him but on the 64 he's a lot faster right yeah you have to try to catch up with him. Otherwise, he will summon stall children to fight you off. It's like when he wakes up, he wants to... What does he want to do? Weird. Maybe that was his strategy in battle was to just run back and have others fight for him. Yeah. Makes sense. He's a master tactician. <laughs> And he is because he's Captain Kita, yeah. who is the leader of the Akana army. We love a named skeleton. <laughs> oh, yeah. Best. And when you f- defeat him, he says, I should get the text dump. Oh, I meant to pull uh, it up and I didn't. Uh. We love a text dump. <laughs> That's the sticker that doesn't sell as well. Uh, wait, it is my loss. Sheath your weapon. I commanded the Akana army of Akana Kingdom atop the hill. I am called Skull Kita. He's called Captain Kita somewhere else, I think. Since being shamed by loss in the battle within my kingdom, I have waited here for one to come and awaken my soul. Young swordsman who has defeated and deftly, oh, sorry, awakened and deftly defeated me, I shall rely on your power to fulfill my request. I ask you to take my soul, which rests in the fiercely burning flame, and convey my words to my men, who even in death remain loyal to me. Tell them the war has ended. Then I shall be able to drift quietly into sleep. 
And so you get the, uh, you go over to the chest that was in a fiercely burning flame. Well, you have to, hook, and- you have to hookshot over to it. You don't have to hook shot. Oh, no. You can uh, bunny hood jump. Oh, okay. And I bet with your secret strategy of rolling into a jump, it's even easier. I don't think it quite But I definitely believed that um, you needed the hook shot. And I like got in a situation where I beat this guy. I didn't have the hook shot. I couldn't get to, couldn't cross the broken bridge and i thought well that was a waste of time i guess i'll come back here later when i have a hook shot and beat this guy again um but then after you get the mask he says captain sir may i take leave sir and you like give him the little salute um and he feels that he has permission to collapse into a pile of bones and that's awesome the little cutscenes in this game are lovely yeah that's a very dramatic moment they had a lot of fun with the animation in this game yeah you said that on the first episode of this i think i stand by that there's just a lot of good little like somebody spent multiple work days animate not maybe not not animating this but like some of the stuff (laughs) that dance i may have on that first episode said well like you know it's the very beginning of the game of course, they're going to work really hard on the animation, the presentation of the first five minutes. But here we are, 600 hours into the game, <laughs> and they're still having fun with the animation. Yeah. In that scene, is he wearing the, or is Link wearing the captain's hat already? Or the, no, nah, the, yeah, the captain's hat, that's what it's called. I'm not sure. I I don't think so, because I think Did he, he... call him captain? I think that what I said happens after, before you even get a chance to open the chest. Ah, okay. Because I don't think that, I, I think I described it wrong, yeah. Because otherwise you have to, uh, like, zip through him over to the chest mm. and then get the hat out of the chest and then turn around and talk to him. That's mm-hmm. not how it works. But when he says, take my soul, is he talking about the mask? Yes. So he knows how the masks work. Apparently, yeah. Uh, uh, I, that's interesting I think some characters just, seem okay. to understand the masks and some of them don't mm. yeah that's great and it kind of complicates the idea of um, mask as identity when you talk like possibly the thesis of the game is that your identity is something external that you like put on to present to other people when he talks about it as his soul. It's like, this is something interior to me, Mm. which is now reduced to a mask that you can put on, but it's like my real self. Is there a real self under the mask? Well, what if the real self is a mask, but what if the Mm. mask is a real self? Wow. By the time we get done with this podcast, my thesis is going to be 300 pages long. <laughs> One for every hour. <laughs> uh, I think there's definitely... I I do want to say I think that uh, he could just be waxing poetically. Oh, sure. Um, that's not as yeah. fun, but I think that's how I took that. Yeah, it's um, an emotional moment. Yeah. He's a warrior poet. Mm. Indeed. 
he is a great character, and the fact that he is like fifteen feet high. <laughs> He's so big. He's such a big skeleton. I I I really want to. There must be some fan art out there of some of these skeletons as like a living people, and I wonder how you can oh. have. Because I guess it's not outside the realm of possibility for a Zelda character, like a ostensibly human guy, to be fifteen feet tall. Sure, sure, but, yeah. Uh, so what's I he just once have trouble alive? Imagining it is that. Well, <laughs> I, we should consider that question a little later. I think because mm. I think that like is going to overshadow all the discussion of Iconic Canyon. Is were these people ever alive? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I was definitely going to ask that every single time we encounter an undead <laughs> character. <laughs> that is what well, I Let's collect know. the evidence and then mm. we'll try and come to a conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, with the captain's hat, if you wait until nighttime, you can go into the graveyard. And the patrolling Dompe has been replaced by patrolling stall children, who apparently have been ordered by Captain Kita to... Watch the graves. And you can give them the order with the captain's hat to dig up a grave. And we have to talk about two of the graves on a later episode. But for now, let's talk about the one that they'll open up on the first night. The most important grave, obviously. Yeah. You go down there and oh, they, they destroy the grave, which leads a hole that you fall down. Um, you you enter like a cave, and you can see other entrances that are relevant. Another entrance that's relevant on the second night. Um, yeah, that's really good because now if you find it on the first night, you can say, "Oh, there's that other thing." I guess if I could get into another grave, yeah, I'd be able to go down over there. So that's fantastic. They foreshadow that they and not foreshadow, but they they show you that they um, clue you. Mm. But this this side, you can get into, like, a dungeon room where there's just a bunch of bats. Ton of bats, which is good. You fight the bats. It's Halloween time. And then you go (laughs) to the next room, and there's a mini-boss. There's a mini-boss, and it's an iron knuckle. Love these guys. We were just talking on another episode about how there aren't enough iron knuckles in this game. There still aren't, but... There are some down here. Yes. It's just and the same boss fight, right? I believe so. I don't yeah. think they're like... The secret lore of the Iron Knuckle, of course, is that there are textures for a Gerudo face underneath the mask. And those textures persist in Majora's Mask because they just copied and pasted. But it invites the weird theory that there is a Gerudo lady inside this armor in a crypt just hanging out waiting for you to Mm. fight her of course that doesn't make as much sense as an animate armor possessed by a ghost i never took this guy as a ghost um or not necessarily a ghost exactly but a i mean what is an animated armor well, it's so, like, like, the Knuckles in other games, I guess they could be animate armor, but, like, there's at least, like, uh, well, Wind Waker, you have the Dark Nuts, which are 
dark knuckles. Um, yeah. And they're like jackal guys, right? Yeah, there's definitely a guy under there. So I some don't know of if these it's a jackal or a wolf or whatever. Some of these sure. guys are guys sometimes. But do you think that there's supposed to be a living person inside this iron knuckle? Maybe not this one. I suppose this one would make the most sense to be an undead possessed suit of armor because that would be thematically appropriate to what's going on in Ikema. Sarah, what do you think? I mean, I guess it depends on what happens when they're defeated. Is there like a wisp of spirit matter or is it like a scream or, you know? I don't remember. I think I just remember it falling down, right? And like crumbling like a Zelda enemy does. Yeah. But I think it might be significant that Flat shows up immediately after. Oh, Mm. I didn't think about that. Possibly Flat is the ghost in the machine Mm. who you have to defeat the armor to make him calm down and talk to you. Okay. That's pretty normal RPG logic, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and flat is cool. We got to talk about these composer brothers. So the composer brothers are characters in both Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. They're flat mm-hmm. and sharp. Um, they have similar roles, but different roles in both games. It's kind of nuts. Um, Ocarina of Time, there's this whole, like, plot that you cannot ever run into in normal play about how the two composer brothers were tasked with researching how to make a ocarina song that would let you control time by the royal family of hyrule right yeah they commissioned some magical ocarina research each of them created half of a song um which like posthumously was turned into the sun's song because one of them got the the ability one of them found out how to use a magic song to control the sun one figured out how to use magic song to control the moon um combined the two halves turned into the sun's song uh but then they chose to die rather than give their secrets over to ganondorf all and they this... did this, yeah, the, they did this pretty fast because they made this research, they got threatened by Ganondorf, they didn't give up their uh, secret, they got killed, and they got buried. Yeah, and all this, I, I want to reiterate, it can be, like, entirely missed because you oh, can yeah. just avoid these tombstones and not see any of this text in the game. I've... It was the thing where I was doing research for this episode and went back, looked at it, and I'm like, is that even really in the text? I don't remember. And I had to, like, go look at it again. And it's like, no, that's in there. This is not Zelda Wiki editorialization. Um, yes. And the the Sun Song seems like... Uh, I guess it's similar to the Fire and Ice arrows, where um, it's just a cool thing to have that you do a little quest to get. It feels essential, like, um, I was always very scared of Redeads as a kid, and I could not be convinced to go into a place where there might be Redeads without the Sun Song available to stun them with. Well, it's useful for <laughs> a few puzzles, too, just being able to—a few things in the game to be able to set the time of day. Oh, sure. Um, 
and there's Zelda game there Twilight Princess specifically is a Zelda game that has a day night cycle that does not have a way to control that and it's miserable. Mm-hmm. Um anyway, uh that stuff is all nuts and I can't believe it's in that game actually. <laughs> but now we're here in this video game Majora's Mask where they've taken that concept and changed it around. Um, yes, would you like me to read from the text dump of what this guy says? Yeah. Okay. Well, I bring that up because he says something important that applies to what we were saying earlier. He says, first of all, are you the one who freed my soul? So that means he probably is the guy who was in the, you freed his soul by defeating the iron knuckle. He was in the iron knuckle. Aha. Okay. Then he says, I served the Ikana royal family. I am the composer called Flat. Uh, the songs that connected to the royal family that remain here, the songs that remain here, were all composed by my brother and I. And then he talks for a while about his brother Sharp. Um, but so, yeah, he's still... He and his brother are still composers for the royal family, but different royal families. Yeah. And in this case, a foreign weird royal family as opposed to the one who's at the center of the plot of the game. And also, he's not working on the Sun Song in this game. No. He's got a different song, and it's the Song of Storms. Which comes back from uh, Ocarina of Time. Yes, but unlike a, the Sun Song. But with a different, like, bent to it. Right. It is not actually like in Ocarina of Time. What do you use the Song of Storms for in Ocarina? Let's see if we can run down the list. You let me think. Well, all the stuff with the windmill. Sure. And then. A couple fairies here and there. Yeah. Oh, oh, the Oasis. Oh, yeah. And uh, do you use it to water plants at all no okay no you don't have to water plants in that game okay well um in this game well i'll I'll just go on with what flat says oh sharp my dear brother he sold his soul to the devil and was the one who locked me in here you who do not fear the dead, learn well the song that is inscribed behind me. And if you ever fe- meet my brother, I'd like you to inform him. The thousand years of rainbot drops summoned by my song are my tears. The thunder that strikes the earth is my anger. And then he says, I have made my request. And then he departs. It's a much... I mean, I guess in Ocarina of Time, there is not an origin of the Sun Song, right? Its existence is itself kind of a paradox. I'm sorry, not Sun Song. You're I talking just, about the Song of Storms. Song of Storms, yeah. rather, yeah. In Ocarina of Time, its existence is a paradox. Right. It's a song that you teach to somebody who then teaches it to you, who then you teach to, yeah. It never came from mm-hmm. anywhere, unless it came from... Termina. If you can make that work. Uh, so <laughs> when he says he sold his soul, sharp, sharp, sold his soul to the devil. Um, there is an implication 
that this is Skull Kid. Right? I think so. Uh, it's always Skull Kid. It's always Skull Kid. And stuff that Sharp will say later is like, it's mm-hmm. Skull Kid. Unless it is the equivalent of Skull Kid from like the before times that Granny tells us about. Oh. Hmm. There is the idea that like the I or Skull Kid or someone the same as Skull Kid, I don't remember, but when Granny tells that story, there's the imp who caused problems in the world. And you could believe that that imp caused all these problems in Akana, and then that was resolved. And now we're coming back to uh, <laughs> fix problems that were caused by Skull Kid's earlier self. Before he got hmm. the mask, or a reincarnation, or something, I don't know. Or it could be, yeah, that Skull Kid on his most recent go-round caused all these problems for ghosts in Ikanya, Ikanya, Ikana Canyon. There's not a lot to go on that I read or saw about how long they've been dealing with this, this like, undead problem in the Ikana region. Yeah. Necessarily, so it's hard to say. It doesn't the seem particularly ca- recent, though. The characters act like, oh, that's Ikana Canyon where the dead walk around. They, Yeah, they don't treat it as a recent event. They treat it as just that's what that place is. Yeah. But were the dead walking in Ikana Canyon and just being chill about it until Skull Kid came in and caused problems? <laughs> Oh, that's interesting. It's 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 uh, all uh, like you were saying before, Zach. It's very vague, and of course there are no answers in the text, uh, because being vague and mysterious is what makes it so interesting. And so it's um, it on, in a sense it's pointless to try and solve these mysteries because. They're not there to be solved, but they're there to be investigated. Yeah. Um, so you get the Song of Storms. And uh, what are we going to do next? We're not going to investigate any of these other graves. I guess it's time to go back to that crossroads area and meet a creepy guy. Yeah, it's the uh, it's the Poe Trader. It's the Poe Trader, that spooky guy. Who I guess is not um, is not trading in Poe's in this game. Not exactly, no. And he says when you get here initially, he's like, hey, uh, if you want to go any further, you're going to need the Garrow mask. I forget exactly what he says. <laughs> um but he won't let you progress without the Garrow mask. And when you come here with the Garrow mask, he says, oh, yeah, there that is. OK, you can come here. And he disappears and summons a stick for you to hookshot. And I find this gating decision kind of interesting. Why should you have to get the Garrow mask to enter Ikana? Hmm. Uh, 
it's weird. It seems like a it's an oh well it's an extra gating mechanic, and we're about to run it immediately run into a different gating mechanic. So it's really only blocking off like a very small portion of what's going on here. Yes, definitely. It's blocking off like some not terribly important things right now. So I'm not exactly Absolutely. sure. I guess it feels kind of like a protective, like it makes you look scary because <laughs> it is a scary mm -hmm. area. I, that doesn't make any sense story-wise, but I guess that's why I didn't ask this question when I played it. It just made sense. Well, I think it might have to do with the Garrow themselves and the mechanic of wearing the Garrow mask summons a Garrow ninja that you fight and then he gives you a clue. Mm. And I wonder if the reasoning might go something like this. One, the progression in Ikana is very long and circuitous, and there are not a lot of living NPCs around to just say, oh, you know what? You should do this next. Uh, mm -hmm. All that information of, like, where everything is and what is, you know, how to get through things, uh, that is all contained in the Garrow's clues that they give you. If you... Come here without the Garrow mask, then you'll never run into those guys and you'll just be flailing. Like, you hopefully will go to the correct place next, but, um, you know, you won't have the large amount of help that a Nintendo game normally has mm -hmm. with NPCs who just say, you know, that rock looks really suspicious. <laughs> Instead, they force you to wear the mask that will dispense the hints. And they kind of hint or hope that you will wear that mask while walking around so you run into these Garrow Ninjas and get their hints. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's... I suppose it is that without doing this, there's not much to... They they game... The, the designers really want you to do the Garrow Hood thing because they really like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They think it's cool that there's a bunch of ninjas that'll only pop out at certain times. Yeah. yeah and that and it's wrong. possible that the, the this chapter is too hard for a new player if you don't have those mm. hints. And yeah, you do a lot of wandering around. The ninjas in that it's funny you were talking about how like there's no like living people around to be the villagers. And it's really funny to think of think of the Garrow ninjas as the villagers in this area. Yeah. But they kind of are. That's what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they're like the new people living there. Yeah. They, they. I mean, they just, one, force you to fight them before they give you your exposition. <laughs> and two, force you to wear a certain mask before they will appear for you to fight. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it's kind of necessary for the mood of the place. Because if you could see these Garrow ninjas just standing around, even if you then had to fight them. Uh, if they, if the world if this part of the play, uh part of the world were populated with characters that you can see all the time, it would not be empty and creepy. Mm. Definitely good for the vibe. It's kind of like three D glasses or something. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think that this this 
simple little thing of you need to wear the Garrow mask to get in here. I'm not sure how much of that I had figured out in my head before I started talking, but um, I think that they force you to have that mask enable enable in order to enable the uh, mood and the exposition distribution system. Yeah. So we get past there. You hook shot up to the little tree. Mm-hmm. You get to. You... Go ahead. You go past the Nedgeron. This is where they show up. Oh, okay. I skipped ahead. They're only in this one little corridor. Okay, but they're really cool. So <laughs> they're I went... very good. I was in a very big hurry to talk about them. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but you get to the Akana Canyon itself, mm-hmm. which is interesting. So, like, you know, we're going to continue to talk about the undead for the next two hours or whatever yeah (laughs) longer than that because there's a whole anyways um but like we have the different biomes right there's a junk there there's a jungle biome which is like you know charitably them doing a forest again kind of there's the mountain biome which they did kind of a you know which is snowy this time you know, same with the Great Bay, where it's kind of an iteration on a biome we saw in uh, Ocarina of Time. And so okay. they want to do all this stuff with the undead, which was previously tied to, like, um, Kakariko, which wasn't really a biome. It was like a place, like a city. So they end up pulling in the canyon motif um, from Gerudu Valley. Mm. And I don't have anything beyond that. It's just, like, canyon as a biome is very funny to think about as this like fourth thing where it's like oh yeah okay i guess it's a biome sure uh yeah you kind of i i almost would say that um woodfall all all these places it's very easy to say well that's the equivalent of that from the other game that's the equivalent oh of that i didn't mean that way game. yeah well but like the thing is if you just look at the planet earth and how many types of landscape there are to choose i'm looking out the window thinking about the richness of our great planet um there are only so many choices yeah you can have a dry thing or a wet thing or a high thing that's cold or a high thing that's hot um but each like quadrant of majora's mask of termina is like taking something and doing a new thing with it yeah and here it's taking something that wasn't previously tied to this and pulling it in to do its new thing right yes it's is the undead zone and um i have kind of a thesis about the undead motif um which i guess we should talk about now that i've brought it up (laughs) yes please in ocarina of time the undead motif is used to tell the story of how Kakariko Village and the royal family of Hyrule has this history of blood and torture. And the, the thesis seems to be this stuff that you try to bury underground, that you try to forget about, all this bad stuff, the like id of your culture i guess um that is going to eventually 
burst up out of the ground and set everything on fire. And then you're going to have to go down in there and confront it and, you know, put it to rest because you can't just, you, you can't just leave it buried. Right. Yeah. And we agree that that's what the Ocarina of Time is saying mm-hmm. with the whole shadow temple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, in Majora's Mask, they are using like the same enemies and like even some of the same art art assets where we have that shadow temple scary skull face that you walk through. Um, They're using the whole same motif to tell a different story about people who are stuck in the past and can't let go of old conflicts. And in various different ways, you have to convince them to let go of the past. Like when the captain says, go tell my guys that the war is over. They can go to rest Um, and other things uh, that we'll talk about later. All these dead guys seem to be having a problem that they won't let go. And what you need to do is be at peace with things and let them go, which is almost the opposite of Ocarina of Time, where Ocarina of Time says you can't let the past stay buried because it will come up and get you. Majora's Mask seems to be saying the only way to move on is to let the past be the past and forget about it. Well, that's interesting. I mean, they're both true. They are both true. You kind of just end up with a different worldview here. Hmm. Yeah. And the fact that this, this game has like the kind of worldview that can be distinguished from another worldview is pretty cool Mm -hmm. good game it is good game (laughs) so anyway let's talk about Icona canyon before we cross the river there's this guy who we've seen before who inexplicably lives way over here um and you can run into him only at certain times but sack on the thief like makes the rounds over here we won't get into him too much now because we're busy talking about dead people. But uh, if you come here at the right time, you run into this guy who, like, tries to steal from you and he's funny. There's a river and uh, it's cool that the river, um, you know, it comes down a waterfall. It goes through a canyon, the titular canyon. And then if you like follow the river, you'll end up spat out into the woodfall area. Yeah. The the water actually flows correctly. Yeah. <laughs> Which is some they do that in Ocarina of Time too, and I love that. But we've talked about that enough already on other podcasts. Uh how do we get across this river? We do love hydrodynamics on this podcast. <laughs> Uh, to get across this river, you have to utilize your ice, arrows, and your hook shots. So both stuff that we got in the ocean zone. Yeah. Uh, and it's, fun. And I li- it's a good time. I like using ice arrows in this way. I wish Zelda games continued to do this, but they really don't. They're not interested in this. Um, I kind of dislike the cartooniness of the the Octorok turning into a not big enough um, piece block, block of ice um, 
I kind of wish that we could just shoot a nice block at the uh, shoot a nice arrow at the water itself and hop across. On. Yeah, that's cartoony enough. It's almost like the Octorox are functioning as the sparkly water that was so derided in the uh, Great Bay Temple. Yeah. As insulting the player's intelligence. Anyway. Yeah, then you use your hookshot, get up on the canyon wall. Now you're in, like, the main area of Ikana Canyon. The place I that you're actually thinking about. I love this place. It's really mm-hmm. good. It's like a village. There's a village up here. A un- mostly uninhabited village of, like, round huts that are, like, made of stone and brick. Mostly stone? They're stone. There's a unique architectural style to this place. Yeah, that's not And tied- it's my position that the the architecture of the east side of Clocktown is kind of referring to this. I've made this point before. That like just the color scheme and I guess those uh, pillars that you see outside, uh, but, but other things like the checkerboard pattern is kind of trying to say this this architectural style. Like with the curvy lines and blue and green, or sorry, green and red of the Southern Swamp. But I'll stop talking. Uh, I love this uninhabited. Let Sarah talk. Okay. <laughs> Well, I don't. I don't remember too many visual details or anything like that of this place. Um, but yeah, nobody lives here, pretty much. No, Mostly. living people are here, except for some of my favorite people in the game. Mm. Yeah, there's the 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 music box house, which has a bunch of gibdos walking around it. Um, which again, to me was so scary as a kid, I would go to such great lengths to avoid getting anywhere near those Gibdos. <laughs> it's yeah, it's definitely the scariest part of the game. I mean, <laughs> no, I, I think I've said that before. Um, but yeah, it's, it's yeah, the, the enemies and the whole, um, the juxtaposition of the music box house. It's mm. awesome. Now, in the 3DS version, the Music Box House has the Song of Storms written across the wall. Is that in the 64 version? Uh, almost certainly not. I don't remember that. Okay. Uh, which is weird because they're not it's not suppo- those guys in that house are not supposed to know the Song of Storms. <laughs> um but it's there. The dots are on the wall. Uh, which is a clue we're going to and probably with some help from some garrows who will tell us more about what's going on here um go up the dry riverbed into the creepy cave at the back of the canyon and this is a creepy cave uh they have the texture animation here all screwy to make the light play weirdly on stalactites and uh who is here but sharp the other composer brother you know one thing we didn't say about flat and sharp and their transition into this game is um in 
Ocarina, Sharp had like a sun on his hat and Flat had a moon. Uh, but they don't have those motifs in this game. Even though the sun and moon are such important players in the plot, uh, here they just have... Hmm. And also they don't have Triforces on them anymore, but that's understandable. Well, they also, they're not... The, the, this Sharp and Flat weren't researching the power to control the sun and the moon. No. They were Quite. presumably doing other stuff until Sharp turned evil, and then Flat yeah. made a song because he was having feelings about that. And um, Sharp here, having sold his soul to the devil, is going to be very mean. Yeah, he instantly tries to kill you, right? Yes. In a very creepy manner. <laughs> he plays the song of death or whatever um, that uh, sucks out your life. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah. And it's like, it's so, like, it's visceral because you see your life going down and you see Link like crying out in pain and turning red with no visible source of damage. Uh, it's a, I mean, it's a really simple thing to put together, but it's so effective as creepy because you're dying for no good reason, just because this song will kill you. Um, and so of course to heal Sharp's spirit, you play the song of healing and he says, oh, that kind of heals me. But no, I'm a ghost. I can't really be healed. <laughs> As opposed to skeletons or... I I guess I don't understand that logic. But no, you... it doesn't. It, it, it doesn't really stand up because, like, Darunia, you could... Uh, yeah. Wait, Darunia? Darmani. Yeah. Um, you could heal him and he's equally a ghost. Yeah, I, I took this to mean that he was just like more powerful or scary. Like he could withstand it. Angrier. Yeah. <laughs> angrier. I kind of took it that like after you're dead for so long, you can't be healed in that way. But I guess we don't know that to be mm. true. Who else so, do we heal that's not? How long was Camaro dead for? Unexplained. Yeah. Now, so he could, says, I have the exact um, text. He says, somehow my heart is eased. This melody has a serenity, serenity to it. And yet, to one of the dead and darkness like myself, a song like that no longer holds meaning for me. Which mm -hmm. does kind of imply that it's a time issue. And he did the sell his soul. Oh, Yes. He sold his soul, so he has. There's no soul to target with the Song of Healing, which targets souls mm. specifically. Mm. Um, no, you have to play the Song of Storms. Yeah, we knew this. Oh yeah, because we did this in the right order this time. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, "Flat, my dear brother, forgive your foolish brother who dreamt of the revival of the royal family." What? What? Ye who do not fear the dead, with my brother's song you have broken the curse that was placed upon me. It is all thanks to you. We dead should not be lingering here in this land. It was all a trick of the masked one who had upset things. 
and then he says uh go into the castle and get the go talk to the king um to do the rest of the quest so the timeline again is screwy if skull kid and apparently like the most recent version of skull kid wearing majora's mask is responsible for this then apparently these dead people were not walking around previously but skull kid came in and stirred them all up or something yeah so okay sharp sealed flat in that grave he did that after Skull Kid came and woke them all up. I mean, you can mm. interpret this any number of ways, but like when you try and puzzle out the exact sequence of events, it gets ridiculous. Um, Unless there were two events, like the the old the long time ago thing that happened, does that make sense? Maybe. Are you saying that they? got woken up from being that they became undead a thousand years ago and then they were just being undead like normal but then skull kid came with majora's mask and caused additional problems maybe that could be i wonder how much of it is that like there are always some undead hanging out but maybe skull kid went and woke up the composer brothers and like the king Uh uh-huh and started causing those specific problems whereas like somebody like the po trader i assume just kind of hangs out here that makes sense what did he say about the royal family oh yeah um forgive your foolish brother who dreamt of the revival of the royal family so is he talking about himself i think he's talking about king igos duikana Mm mm-hmm I see that as like, what do you call Skull Kid, like tricking Sharp into being like, oh, if you become evil and seal your brother up, we can make the family, the royal family big again Mm -hmm. or something like that. I guess. Like leading him along into becoming evil by promising greatness for the Ikana kingdom. It's very interesting to... You can almost trace a a progression in the uh, literalness or sense-makingness of the local stories. Where what's going on in Woodfall, where a princess went into the temple and got lost, and then a monkey was blamed for her disappearance, is super straightforward like just the silliest stuff for a baby to understand (laughs) and the events in snowhead i have not fit into this theory yet because i only came up with this theory seconds ago but we talked about how the uh great bay story is like there's a definite fairy tale logic and like implied justification for all these events that you can kind of guess at by reading very carefully, but your involvement in it is very much like coming in after a bunch of stuff has already happened. 
Then we get here where, again, there's some kind of story. These characters were doing something before we got here, but we have such tiny little glimpses into that that we're very completely disconnected from whatever the local drama is. We're just the living guy walking around on the surface while all these dead people are having conflicts underneath. Yeah. And that's a strength of this game rather than Oh yeah. It, it being something explicitly spelled out, obviously. We've talked about that. But I guess I never thought yet about the progression of becoming more and more abstract. And I guess that continues to progress after we leave the canyon, and we can talk about that on a later episode. So, um, the you play, the Song of Storms causes this spooky well, it's almost like a well, um, to fill up and water to begin flowing again. I guess it's a spring, not a well. I was going to say, yeah. Sources of water seem to be um, <laughs> very spiritually charged in these games, uh, which is probably a Japanese thing. Anyway, the water turns the wheel of the music box house, powering the subwoofers inside, and that allows it to play the Big Boo's Merry-Go-Round song, titled is, Farewell to Gibdos. Is it actually the same song? Bro, check it out. Is it really the same song? I didn't put that together until just now. Yeah, dude. It's the song from Super Mario 64. I love that, that game. Big Boo loves to dance to. Uh, I'm not sure it's exactly the same MIDI. Uh, it might be, you know, like, f embellished a little bit. But, yeah. All right. <laughs> and so that scares away the Gibdos. Because it's a song for booze, not Gibdos. Yeah. Everybody knows. And <laughs> um, Sarah, you tell us what happens next, because this is your favorite part. Yeah. Um, is that when... Pamela feels safe to come outside. Oh yeah, there's the like the cutscene with the extreme close up on the door and the sound of the lock yes. coming. The yeah. doorknob rattles. But I don't remember how you does that is that when she comes outside and you can go into the music box house? Um, I don't remember the, she, how you actually get in. She comes out every like couple of minutes. Mm. And so you have to sneak I in. Uh, yeah, you have to sneak in. And the easy Agero way Agero will tell you, in case you need ah. this information, Agero says, Pamela, who lives in the music box house, comes out every two minutes when the music box is playing, but it seems she will also come out if she hears a bomb explode. And then the Agero, oh. having told you the secret of Ikana Canyon, dies without leaving a corpse. <laughs> so you, at this point, you can sneak inside the music box house which is my favorite part of the game. And uh, downstairs in the creepy basement with really cool decorations, by the way. Um, mm -hmm. And a cabinet. Which you can open. <gasps> and there's like a guy. <laughs> and he terrifies Link. <laughs> You're really selling this. It's 
it's it's like a movie scene it's like yeah it's the the like close up from like the below shot of this like half human face and half like gibdo like mummy wrapped guy um and yeah isn't there, there's like a shot of link looking terrified and then yeah it's the 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 boss music plays yeah like you're in a boss encounter how are you going to deal with like how are you going to defeat this mummy monster that's what you think you might yeah have to but do. i don't know have you ever tried to swing your sword at him i don't think so maybe i mean that does seem like the thing to do although he's in this cabinet with a bunch of like human things there's there's like right. it's like it, isn't there like a like a mop and bucket or something and like yeah, yeah. and then there, but then there's like a, a teddy bear that has mummy wrappings yes absolutely there is ah uh, heartbreaking I so. mean is that teddy bear infected with the same mummy disease or is it just uh, <laughs> like Pamela I thought you'd like this. Oh, I I thought it was like something that she put together to keep him company. Ah! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, um something about how it's presented and maybe the fact that like this clearly isn't a dungeon environment and the creature that's menacing you is so obviously human. Uh, you're not thinking, how do I defeat this, but how do I cure this uh, person? And so, like, I, I feel like I've been stuck and Tassel has had to tell me, hey, how about you play the friggin' song of healing? Because mm. Pamela comes back in if you don't do the right thing, right? She'll come in and kick you out. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, So you don't get a chance. Maybe that's what happens if you pull your sword. If you try an uh, attack, yeah, you do uh, get okay. kicked out. Pamela does okay. kick you out. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, that makes sense. And then uh, if you play the Song of Healing, then uh, the Gibdo curse is externalized as a mask. And Pamela's dad, who doesn't get a name of his own, I love recovers. that he doesn't get a name. I love that he's defined by his relationship to a way cooler character. <laughs> um, And that makes him like... <laughs> the less relatable person right yeah um, yeah even though like the dad is kind of the expert who you would hope to be able to get advice and guidance from um he's not the person who's like really your friend and pamela is not really your friend either but she's the viewpoint character so to speak yeah well, also he got he got got by the things he was trying to research. So like, you don't want to trust this guy. He's not any good at this. Uh, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> and I suspect that, um, that uh, it's possible that that teddy bear, uh, got got by the same thing. <laughs> like the mummy wrappings just spread out to cover everything around. But it doesn't um, get healed when you do the song of healing. No, or maybe or does it? it does. <laughs> I guess I never. Maybe a tiny little Gibdo mask falls on the floor <laughs> of the cabinet. This is a different game. <laughs> <laughs> and the he does give you some guidance because while you're hanging around the basement, uh, he will say, 
uh, like if you examine some of his uh, diagrams, he'll say, that's a Gibdo. It's a person wrapped up in mummy wrapping. Oh, that's a Geralt robe. It doesn't have a person in there. It is an ancient ninja who's just an empty shell. And if you talk to him as... Um, I saw a video of this as uh, Zora Link. I assume it's the same for Goron Link and uh, Deku Link. Um, he says, you know what? My ghost-ometer or something is giving me a really weird reading. You seem to be kind of like a ghost, but also not like a ghost. Could I study you? And you don't get a chance to say yes or no. The conversation just ends. You definitely should not say yes to that. No, not at all. <laughs> Uh, Pamela is very good because despite how little she actually does, um, she has this pretty well thought out uh, role in this situation where she's trying to protect her dad and resisting you helping her dad, right? Um, Helping with research and stuff. I mean, no, resisting you coming in and playing the uh, Song of Healing. Because if she were, you know, like a less interesting NPC, she would come out of the house right away and say, Hey, hey, my my dad's a zombie. Could you do something about it? Uh, But she has this kind of complicated character of being like, Well, I I have to keep this under wraps, so to speak. (laughs) And so you have to get around, like, the emotional problem of her not wanting anyone to know about this. And if you wear the Gibdo mask when you talk to her, she gets upset. She can't deal. Understandable. Reasonable. She's, like, the main character of this movie. It totally could be its own game. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to play that game. That's too much stress. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, By the way, when you have the... She is Gibdo kind of a survival mask. horror protagonist, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I've seen that in other, like in movies where there's the the person's family member became a zombie and they're trying to hide them away. She's like from a Silent uh, Hill character or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't Ryan, know go ahead. I'm sorry. you guys are talking about. Okay. If you have the Gibdo mask before you activate the music box house. So you come back on a different timeline and you talk to the Gibdos with the Gibdo mask. They say, bring them. Those inside our friends. Bring them. And so the Gibdos, if we can take them at their word, uh, are not like trying to eat the Pamela and her dad, but they're like, those are our guys in there. Oh. They won't come. Could you get them to come out and be with us? They're friends. We're all friends. Um, so that's cool. I like that the Gibdos are not motivated by malice. <laughs> you think they're being straightforward? I, I, yeah, I don't see in uh, the way that's written. I don't see um, hmm. uh, uh that they're uh, trying to trick you. And also they seem they seem to think that when you are wearing a Gibdo mask, you are a Gibdo too. Mm. And none of the other like two dozen Gibdos we're about to meet will lie to you. So I believe okay. that Gibdos are just yeah. truthful by nature. Makes sense. Also, 
at some point when you go to the door, when, when they're still inside, Pamela says, my father is not one of you. So there's some oh, conflict yeah. going on where they think that he is one of them, perhaps. That I forgot all about that. Yeah, that's good. So they must have been like coming up to the door and like saying that too, <laughs> without even yeah. having to wear a mask. They can talk. That's too creepy. Well, maybe he Let's could communicate with them. Let us in. <laughs> oh, by the way, we, we when I hang. said the subwoofers in in the house, there's a bunch of like modern looking speaker equipment in huh. this music box house. There's big speakers. That might be the most modern, like, equipment in any of this. Right? That's kind of comedic. It is. There's, in this place, there's, like, a lot of, like, mixing comedy with horror. I think because otherwise it would just be horrifying. But. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that also applies to the thing we're about to talk about in a second, is that it's a essentially stupid quest that is done up in uh, very scary uh, wrappings. Oh, I keep saying it. Um, <laughs> ah. <laughs> um, yeah, let's talk about it. We're going to take the Gipto mask and we're going to go to the bottom of another another well. It's not the well from Ocarina, but it is funny to me that both games are like, well, wells are creepy. Well, now we're going beneath the well, which is different. Oh. It's not the same as bottom of the well. It's, we're going even deeper from that. <laughs> we're going. <laughs> I love the name beneath the well. It cracks me up. Uh, and Ryan, this is a cool dungeon. Yes. I'm so excited about this dungeon. It's the best. They put a monkey cave in this game. They put a friggin' monkey cave in this game. Sarah, have you played Earthbound? Yes. Okay, so you know the monkey cave. Uh, I don't remember a lot about Earthbound. Uh, Sarah's email address is actually. Failproof net Frank is now failurefrank <gasps> at gmail.com. That's fantastic. I believed you that until you kept saying it, and I was like, wait. <laughs> Thank you for not saying my actual earthbound based email address. <laughs> yeah, so there we'll explain the monkey cave for, for the listeners our dumber who listeners. don't know Earthbound as well as we do. Um there's a part of Earthbound where you go into a cave in the middle of the desert and it is populated by monkeys. And the monkeys talk to you, and they, they're they blocking doors. They're, like, you could just walk into the next part of the cave, but there's a monkey in the way. And the monkey says, you know what I would really like is a hamburger. And so you go get a hamburger, and you bring it back, and then you get into another cave where there's other monkeys. And the monkey might say, you know what I really need is a, and a fresh egg. And so you go get a fresh egg, but in Earthbound, if you carry a fresh egg around too long, it will hatch into a chicken. And so you have to be fast about that. And there are other places where, like, one of them needs the king banana, which you can only get in the monkey cave. But it's basically a dungeon where all the, instead of locked doors, all the obstacles are monkeys who want things. And most of those things are in the dungeon, except yeah. for the first few. Crucially, um, yeah. You can bring, you have to bring, like, a couple things, but most of the time by unlocking other parts of the dungeon with the things that you brought you start to find the other things that are required in the dungeon thank goodness making it mostly complete uh, i'm sure although, this exists in other games right i i know other video games surely must do this but these are the only two i know of so that's my touchstones well, no that uh, it's the same thing for me this seems to be just a riff on the earthbound monkey cave 
unless this is an idea that exists somewhere else. I have not but played. I've never. Go right. Ahead. Well, okay. No, I, I'm I, I'm going along with you. You've oh, not I've, played. I was gonna say, I've never played a Dragon Quest. I bet there's a Dragon Quest that has a dungeon like this. There's a I'm lot of those sure. games. This feels I mean, like something that's be. common in an RPG that I've just never played. Mm-hmm. I feel but like we would have heard about this. But it's delightful. It's very good. But I, instead I'm, of monkeys, I'm very interested in the question of whether this is another thing or whether this is a dungeon that has been done exactly twice. I would love to hear from anyone out there. If, if you listen to examples. this podcast and know of another one, please tell us. Please. We are dying to We're know serious this, this time. <laughs> Okay, anyway, there's Gibdos, they're standing in front of doors, they want things, and they say, leave it, leave it, and they give you a clue about what they want, and it's like, I want bugs, (laughs) 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 or milk. Something from a cow, I think they say. No, they say something high in calcium. Oh, that's right, (laughs) which is probably better. And the Gibdo who wants water says, leave me H." Two, oh, so chemistry in Termina is pretty advanced, or at least it was in the ancient kingdom of Ikana. Visually, yeah. in the 3DS version, they go all out, and there's just like alcoves with candles everywhere. Oh yeah, yeah, it's really, really overdone and gorgeous. There's actually, I want to shout out the fairy fountain that's down here because one of the things yes. you have to collect is fairies, because one of the Gibdos wants a fairy. Uh, it's like an evil fairy fountain. Right? <laughs> it's all dark and gloomy, and the, like, architecture of the fountain is littered with a bunch of, like, waxy candles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's amazing. That's awesome. You know what? I don't... Is is one of the things to bring actually a fairy? Oh, maybe it's not. I thought it... I just assumed it I was don't see it. I'm just looking in the text dump at, like, the list of uh things they say when they want things and i don't see anything about a fairy the chart i'm looking at that details all of the trade sequences does not actually list a fairy out at all so okay so that cherry is the fairy is just to uh be convenient for you now i'm looking again hold on i'm zooming in yeah i don't see it okay so it's an optional fairy fountain and it is a creepy fairy fountain and it wasn't creepy in the 64 version but i guess this is a case of Grezzo arguably, like, disagreeing with the original game's intent. Like, wh- whoever made the original game was saying, I'm going to m- have a creepy monkey cave. It's going to be all gibdos and bats and spiderwebs. But then there will be this locus amoinus of the fairy fountain at the very back that you can visit and feel refreshed and, you know, safe. Then Grezzo is like, okay, there's going to be a really creepy monkey cave. We're going to go all out on the visual creepiness. And that locus amoinus at the back is going to be a creepy fairy fountain instead of a nice fairy fountain. As always, I side with Grezzo in all things. Yeah. But especially I mean, this. I, I love that fairy fountain. <laughs> um, is there anything else? There's a big Poe that you have to capture to bring to one of the Gibdos. That's kind of cool. And... The final, I think the last thing that they ask for is something rich in calcium and milk being the final item is kind of amusing to me. You can't get that there, can you? You have to go get it. 
I'm pretty sure there's a cow somewhere in there. There's a, there's there a cow in this dungeon? <laughs> there okay. is a cow in this dungeon. I'm looking well, at him convenient. right now. Uh, it's 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 really nice how like her they do l- let you find all the things you need, but it's laid out in a very dungeony way. So you're doing like little battles and stuff mm. to find the cow. There are like spike traps, but not like the. Oh yeah. The, there's those spike traps, but there's also like bars with spikes that are like oscillating that you have to dodge past, like Indiana Jones. Nice. Yeah. The car wash of death. That's the new one. That's Indiana Jones 5. And uh, at the end of this is, Sarah, get ready, because Zach is going to go on a rant. Oh, boy. The mirror am I, am shield. I, am I going on a rant? I thought you were going to go on a rant about the mirror shield. Um, uh, Do you have a problem with the mirror shield? No. Zach has a problem with how they don't bring back the mirror shield and ah. how like the Hylian shield has become oh. the ultimate shield when that it should really be reserved for the much cooler mirror shield. Hmm. I, I, yeah, that is my opinion, but the, the mirror shield is here. So why would I complain? This is great. Oh, good point. Uh, it is good. Isn't it genius for them to replace the boring hero's shield, normal blue shield with this screaming face <laughs> that's always on the back of link. So you're looking at it for the whole rest of the game. This, <laughs> face is going to be staring back at you that shield is distressed right i honestly don't love having to look at that (laughs) (laughs) it's such a choice yeah right it's such a very deliberate choice to take a familiar item and turn it into this yeah it's very in line with the rest of the game i would almost say I think we could take into consideration at least that um, when you shine the screaming face onto the wall, you know, to aim aim light at something, it becomes a moon image. Mm. Like a man in the moon sort of thing. Moon. Surely somebody has drawn the moon with this face, right? Like maybe this is what the moon normally looks like. Yeah. Yeah. in, until it, that's, in, that's what's hanging over Termina normally. <laughs> normally, it's just this face. Yeah. Um, now it's close enough to see the face more clearly. <laughs> well, now it's all right. Right now, it's all mad because Skull Kid did his thing. Mm. But like Skull Kid made the moon angry. Ordinarily, it's just distressed looking. Right. Yeah. Uh, we love the mirror shield. We love using the mirror shield. Uh, we don't love some of the puzzles in this game that involved the mirror shield but we'll talk about that later um here it's kind of stupid (laughs) because this game has a day and night cycle and i think in ikana you can correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like even during daytime the sun isn't really out like you just have kind of tan clouds overhead the whole time am i wrong it is overcast because after you do stuff later on, it clears up. Okay. Um, but we need there to be like direct sunlight for certain puzzles. And so some direct sunlight is going to shine down in this chamber all the time, day or night. And um, you're going to use that to uh, erase a sunlight sensitive block. 
How does that work? Oh, it's a it's a sun on the wall that when it receives sunlight, it causes a ladder to appear. Yeah. Which is fine. There are other things that you need the mirror shield to do that I will complain about later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and this ladder actually leads into another place. We are approaching, I would say, an hour and 25 minutes on this marathon episode of The Hero's Path. Wait, what's this one called? The Complete, the complete Guide, Guide to Mask of Mujulu. Let's climb this ladder and enter Ikana Castle. Uh, we didn't even talk about the fact that you can see Ikana. There's a couple things you could see in the uh, Ikana Canyon region that we glossed over. And here's one of them. Uh, there's just a castle here. You can see it from like the village area we were at previously, but you could not get in. Mm-hmm. And had to and... take this detour to get here. The Garrow tips kind of make it sound like, well, one of them is there's actually a secret way to get into the castle other than the shortcut through the well, uh, which is a great way of telling you, oh, so I'm going to go through the well to get into the castle. Hmm. Uh, the other way is like a, a, a block that you actually do disappear with the mirror shield. Uh, so you need the mirror shield to be in here. And yeah, like it seems like oh, I should be trying to get into the castle. Castles are where things happen in video games. Uh, but you have to do so much other stuff <laughs> before you get in here that it kind of, you forget that that was your goal. I forgot that they said you get in through the well. <laughs> that's, because it would be so cool to come out of the well into a castle not knowing that's what was going to happen. Uh, yeah, it, I, I like that kind of, uh, that treatment of space where you you exit from a dungeon and now you're in what the heck am i here um that's very good yeah. but yeah they do want to give you as many tips tips as you they can give you yeah they do want to give you as many tips as they can give you if you bother to fight all those garrow guys this dungeon is i want to say kind of a letdown um after the uh, or be in, being in between beneath the well and stone tower temple this is uh if not a letdown maybe a cool down for pacing purposes yeah because it's definitely not like hit after hit after hit there's this kind of normal kind of generic dungeon considering between. what's to come yeah they couldn't do a full dungeon here necessarily um and like I don't know how much there is to say about Ikana Castle. The dungeon or the puzzles or encounters are kind of like very Zelda y, but like when you talk about the the falling checkerboard thing, it's kind of the abstract not very naturalistic dungeon design uh, that I associate more with Ocarina of Time, I guess because there are checkerboards in Ocarina of Time too. You know what I mean? Yeah, the Ocarina of Time also has this puzzle in the Forest Temple, kind of. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it doesn't feel like you're actually in a castle. It feels like no. you're in a Zelda dungeon. It's a, it's a, it's a, hmm. I don't think you could live in this castle. It would be too difficult. <laughs> Where's the um, bathrooms? 
<laughs> it's the... hard to imagine as an actual castle. Exactly. It's one of those kind of areas, one of those spaces. It has the puzzle where you need to blow a hole in the ceiling with a powder keg. Yeah. Which is a pain because you and did not bring a powder keg. Absolutely not. <laughs> Even on your nth playthrough of this game, you don't remember to bring a powder keg for this. Well, you have to buy one at the start of every cycle. It's miserable. Who wants to carry one of those around? No. Um, you, you do drop down into the room with the uh, Reededs. Oh, yeah. And these guys we got to talk about. Okay, talk about them. Uh, you can make them dance. Yeah. Uh, these ones and a couple other ones here, where if you wear the captain's hat, they just start dancing. Or the Gibdo mask, or the oh, okay. Gero mask, I think. Implying so any that mask that is undead. These just must be entertainers, right? These are just the castle entertainers. Yeah, they would. I, I guess they would be dancing anyway, and it's only when a living person comes through for them to menace that they start attacking. But yeah, they would be the 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 king's dancers. And if they recognize somebody like a fellow undead, they're like, oh, we got to perform. Huh. That actually or makes sense. Or are they performing all the time and they only stop when you come in not wearing one of those masks? Oh, mm. yeah. They're practicing when you're out in the room and then they're like, oh, we got to attack. They're just doing what they want to do. It's good. I guess. Yeah. Um, so those are good. And it's very important to have that those masks handy because I do not want to play game with three deads trying to grab me oh no different mm. i turn off the game nope i have a few other notes for this place lay it on me this place has unique round doors that you like roll out <laughs> <laughs> yep uh don't know why but i love them weird weird we've got stuff. Uh, it was here. I was watching somebody play through this to re before we were recording. Uh, and did you know that when you get cursed by one of those bubbles, uh, that you can cure that with the Song of Storms? Huh. No. Oh. 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 <laughs> That's really good. I had no idea until I watched somebody do it in this, like decade-old playthrough and i'm like wait what wait huh. go back that is fantastic which like implies more things about the song of storms than previously known well it kind of is matching what it does when you play it for sharp kind exactly of. yeah i feel like there that reminds me of some other weird use for the song of storms that i'm not going to be able to remember it's a cleansing spell yes um, um you know, speaking of hydrodynamics, the exterior of Ikana Castle has, coming from the well, this little, like, not exactly irrigation, but a little channel going between the pillars um, for water to run through. And of course, it's dry, but you can follow it like all the way around the castle until it gets to this part where the tile floor has been blasted away and there's just a pit. Uh, but it's like... It's really cool how there's a sense that if I were here a thousand years ago, there would have been a little channel of water running around the outside and maybe into a flower garden or something at the end. Yeah. Hmm. So uh, I love that. Lastly, Wizrobe is back. Wizrobe is back? Wizrobe isn't here? 
Is Woodstrop in here? I thought he was. That's what my notes say. Can I find Wizrobe and no clip? Where is he at? Let's find him real quick. Huh? Yeah, I, yeah, I think he is, but I never think about him being here. He shows up in more and more places these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's here. Okay, okay. Well, hooray for you, Wizrobe. Good job getting more exposure. Um, no, lastly, there's the paper airplane. <gasps> right! We all know about the paper airplane, right? Yeah, I've seen the paper airplane. Okay. But like, what is it? Why is it there? Yeah. Somebody dared someone to put it in? I That sounds right. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's what happened. No, it's it's fun for there to be a paper airplane, but it's also baffling. It is baffling. It doesn't really fit. Okay, now. Yes. It just doesn't, it doesn't, well, you need a little lightheartedness, I guess, in a place like this. Yes. And they, you know, it's so out of the way that it's not like, it's not really affecting the overall tone because you have to really be pushing at the seams to see it in the first place. Mm. Well, after enjoying Wizrobe and the paper airplane, we can go into the boss fight chamber. Where there's an awesome scene where Igos Du Ikana, the king, says, uh, you know what? You can't bring the light into this place. You jerk, you living jerk trying to bring the light of the living into this place. No, 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 no. Um, I will show you that the darkness is... Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to look up the exact thing. I don't know what it says. He is uh he six his giant like Stalfos guys on you. I guess that's why we don't have Stalfos in the rest of the game is because yes. we have these two cool mm. Stalfos here. Again, um, they pu- they've pulled all of the assets they can construe as undead from Ocarina of Time and put them all into this quadrant. Yes. <laughs> And you fight them by um, breaking the... You you burn the curtain to allow sunlight in. And then you reflect the sunlight onto the skeletons with the mirror shield. And it's cool. It's a good fight. And then you fight Igo Suikana himself, who is another huge skeleton. He's like not as big as Captain Kida, but he's pretty big. Yeah. And you fight him the same way. And he's just so cool. He's just a cool guy. Um, but... After defeating well, him, yeah, he has a couple extra tricks up his sleeve. Like and that's what? That he has a poison breath attack. Oh my gosh, have I ever even seen that? I don't. I don't think I, I. I never saw it until I was looking at it on this video. And no, he will just stop and breathe poison at you. Cool. Very cool. He also, if you wear the captain's hat, will say, "Captain Kida, but you're so small." He's tricked momentarily. By the yeah. captain's head. Oh, that's cool. Oh, and he'll detach uh, his head. Oh, I do remember that. <laughs> and it'll yeah. fly around. Uh, like Jack Skellington can take off his head. And, uh, but like when you defeat him, he his head is just, he's just his head. And his lieutenants are just their heads. And they argue for a while. And then the king says, look, stop all this bickering this is why we are supposed to 
or this is what does he say um the kingdom being left in ruin it left in this state isn't it uh, petty little battles like this that caused it believing in your friends and embracing that belief by forgiving failure these feelings have vanished from our hearts it all happened after somebody thrust open the doors of that stone tower and so he gives you a song that will grant you a soldier who can help you storm the tower. Yeah, because he says a hundred of his soldiers couldn't deal with it, so you can't do it by yourself. So let me teach you how to create a soldier with no heart. And we have to talk about this on the next... It's going too long. We're going to run out of time in the Google call. You have to stop. Talk about that next time. And we will. It'll be great. Sarah, you say something too. Say bye. Bye Bye-bye. Till next time.